Good day, dear listeners. This is Steve Preda here with the Management Blueprint Podcast. And my guest today is Barry Kozire, owner of Freetime Solution, a virtual assistant placement agency. Barry, welcome to the show. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. So Barry, you've got a really interesting story because your father was a serial entrepreneur himself. And in many cases, when someone, at least this is how it played out in my family, when you have a successful parent, then kids can feel intimidated and then they uh, leave, uh, the, uh, leave for other pastures and try their strength in other areas. But you actually uh, stayed and became an entrepreneur yourself. So tell, tell me a little bit about your journey. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the weather well, certainly was some parts where it could have been intimidating, and it was. There were certain some times when I was growing up where it was intimidating. The idea of doing as well or, you know, as he did was definitely a thing. But I think I, now it would be, I was just thinking about him the other day, how it would be, I think I'm going to dedicate my book to him because we kind of reached the point where it's like, okay, you know, now I definitely know that I could help you and we could learn together if he was around today. That would be amazing. But basically, yeah, he was a salesman and a uh, manager from when I was born. He moved from a really small town called Galesburg, Illinois, to not that much, a small city called Peoria, Illinois. And he was put in charge of a department store, clothing store for men and women. And he ran that for a number of years. And then eventually, I mean, and he, but he was a salesman. So he inspired me. And so I had little businesses when I was growing up. I think I was out selling door to door stuff from school eight years old and so I could win contests and, and get money and from those and had other little businesses that I started and all these different entrepreneurial ideas and then as I grew up then he, he ended up starting his own business and starting a number of businesses and employing quite a few people I haven't quite I don't think I'm quite there yet where I've employed as many people as he did at his pinnacle but anyway, so it was, yeah, it was pretty amazing. So he had, he had all these businesses and he's quite an inspiration for that. I ended up working for him in customer service and also in, in marketing. You know, I, back in the days when you had to drive over to the graphic designer's office to get the graphic design work. <laughs> so that was a while back. It was back in the, what, the 80s or something like that. And so, but anyway, it was great working for him. I, I learned a lot about... Um, I mean, I, with the internet, I, I developed my first website with him. We developed a website and a shopping cart back in the 1990s, as a matter of fact, when I worked for him and I took charge of those projects. So I, I definitely got my start in marketing at an early age. And then, yeah, and then I kind of I broke out on my own and went to work. I did a few other different sales gigs, including work for a publisher and then, and then worked for a nonprofit for about 20 some years. And doing community outreach for them, and that was incredible. I, I really enjoyed that. I got uh, my hands into a lot of different types of marketing, large-scale and small-scale marketing, also running teams and running groups of volunteers, and that was fantastic. Then about halfway through that, I figured out that, hey, you know what, I really need to make some money. So I started my own business. And uh, the business, I started a marketing company. And we, we used remote personnel. Uh, we used freelancers a lot of the time for some of the work that we did. And my wife and I ran that company. And I did that job full-time while also doing a marketing company. So that was exciting. I had two full-time jobs until we grew that business up to a certain point. And we actually sold our first marketing company in St. Louis that we had for about 10 years. 
moved down here to Clearwater, Florida, where we are today. And we opened a new marketing company, but also opened a virtual assistant agency because we decided that we were doing so well with running people and establishing great personnel and picking great personnel and putting together systems. We decided we wanted to help other businesses to do that because that's sort of the name of the game is to help small businesses expand. So yeah, so we started that. My wife uh, has coached me and worked with me all along. She's great. She's a great teammate. And yeah, and, then, and she's a full-time author now. She's doing her thing while I do this. And so we've got this great virtual assistant agency. We've actually had two of them. And we're helping tons of businesses. Yeah, that's super exciting. And we, I think we talked maybe a week ago or 10 days ago. And I was telling you that I'm just about to onboard uh, a few of these uh, virtual assistants myself. And so far, I'm very excited about the process. And you helped me as well with some pointers, what to do, you know, first week, so about learning and then build the processes and go from there. And it really helped me. And I'm super excited. They are really enthusiastic. They seem to know their stuff and they they really want to learn. They want to, want to do a good job. So I think it's a huge uh, opportunity for small businesses. Uh, to really tap into this resource. I think that's uh, going to be the airplane fuel that can really give small business an edge that maybe big corporations don't have. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about how that works. How do you hire these people? And actually, how do you delegate to these people? So what is your framework for delegating to virtual assistants? Because a lot of people still have in mind, if, if I don't have the person in my office or if they are not in the U.S., then uh, there's cultural differences and communication and and they won't know what to do. So how can you actually make it work? Yeah, well, we do exactly that. We just like you, we've, our virtual assistants are from the Philippines, which just, just on that, just for a second, they're just great people. I mean, they've got a high work ethic. They've got uh, their family-oriented community, their spiritually-oriented community. They love education, which I think is important. They like people, which is super important. They're just friendly, you know? And so those have like a lot, those are a lot of the soft skills I think you need to get started. I mean, there's a few other things I'll mention too, but we work with the Philippines for all those reasons. And they're very used to working on our schedule. So my people work on our schedule. So they're working the same hours I'm working. So it works out perfect. But uh, to answer your question, like the process, so I use, I, I really focus in on something called the 80-20 principle, which I'm sure a lot of people out there are familiar with, the Pareto principle. The, basically, it's also called, I believe, the principle of the critical few, which means that there's a small percentage of things, 20%, roughly, could be different than 20, but roughly that, um, small percentage of things that cause the majority of the effects. So a small percentage of the causes or efforts cause majority of the effects. And so that's a great principle to use in business in general. What I generally think with is, what are those 20% key things in my business that really, if I did nothing else, those would be the things I'd have to do. Those are the things that really move the needle in my business and make things happen. So those key particular items are the things that, yeah, you got to do two things. One, you've got those key items, which you might need somebody to help you with those, to back you can, up. Can you give some examples? So for example, your wife, you mentioned your wife is a very successful author. 
She sells a lot of books. She writes books. So for example, for her, what is the 20% that she could uh, farm out or she actually does farm out to other people? Maybe that's a wrong example. You can give another one. JJ, I'll give me, I'll give me because it's like the one that's most real to me. She's definitely got some, there's two sides of that, right? There's the 20% of there, the key things that you need help bolstering. And then there's the 80% that you should not be spending your time doing. She's kind of focusing on that 80% of tasks that she should not be spending her time doing. And that's what she's focusing on. I, I started the other on the other side of things. I used to do a lot of my own cold calling and my own lead generation. And so what I've done is I've basically taken that and I've I, I bolstered it by putting somebody else onto all the cold calling and all the lead generation. So all I have to do is set appointments or see appointments. I don't set any of my own appointments. And it works out great because the virtual assistant is basically handling all of those functions. And I'm just talking to people. I get to meet people and talk to them. And, and that's the part that I like to do anyway. I don't want to be sitting on the phone or writing emails. I've got people that are doing that for me, making it so I can see more people and get into more appointments and have more conversations with people. And that works out perfect. So that's a great example of another one is or we've got a coach that we work for. And he's got somebody who helps him find more speaking gigs because those speaking gigs are key to his business. So he's got someone who's jumping in there and helping him find more of them because that's the thing that really moves the needle uh, in his business. And then for that other 80% of tasks, my wife is offloading things like bookkeeping, which she does a really good job at, but she needs to be spending more time writing and producing the books. She also has people collecting reports from her on advertising items or parts of her marketing, which she shouldn't spend time collecting. She needs to review them and make changes. She doesn't need to spend time actually doing those reports or doing that bookkeeping. Those are minor tasks that someone else should be handling. So both of that equation, that the 20% key things and the 80% of the other stuff They have to get done maybe, but aren't the things that really move the needle. Uh, Those are two ways you can list out what you should delegate. So we talked about step one as being identifying the 20% that's the most important and the 80% that's not so important and you can outsource it, 20% you need to focus on. So what's the next step when determining what you can actually delegate to virtual assistants? Good. So you really look at those particular tasks for one thing, and we even have like a list of those tasks that you can look at. We've got a, an ebook which the folks out there can get from you as well. It's called the uh, uh, 249 things that a virtual assistant can do for you. So between that booklet and understanding that 80-20 principle, you should be able to put together a pretty good list of what exactly you want your virtual assistant to do. Okay. All right, so there are 239 different things. You put it together. And so you now have defined those functions that you want them to do. Yep. So where do you go from there? Yeah, so basically, so you've defined those functions using the 80-20 principle and, the, and what we've talked about. One other point I'll mention too is, which I went through and I explained just the whole concept of that 20% and that 80%, right? Another thing you think about is the fact that your time is worth something. 
So you have some tasks that are like $10 an hour pieces of work, right? Some are worth $100 an hour. Some are worth 1000 And some of your time is worth $10,000 an hour sometimes. And you obviously want to do more of the $10,000 an hour time. And you want to offload and get somebody else doing the $10 an hour time. And heck, if you can get somebody to do some $100 an hour time too, that's or more, that's great as well. So that's another concept that you can think with as well, along with the 80-20 principle I just went over and that list. And you really figure that, that you've got it nailed down exactly what kind of work you should hand over to somebody else. Yeah, I once, I once read about this, that if you want to make a million dollars a year, for example, there are 2,000 hours, work hours typically in a year. Yeah. So you basically have to uh, make, uh, what is it, $5,000? No, it's $500 for each of those 2,000 hours. Uh, 2, hours. Oh, so if you $500 for 10,000 hours versus 500 hours, you're going to make a million dollars. And so anything that is worth less than $500, provided you can sell all your time sure. for $500, yeah. you should absolutely stop doing it. If it's a $200 task, you should find someone else to do it because that's it eats into your million-dollar thing. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah. And you should be working for, you know, find some of those $10,000 hours as well while you're at it because those do happen. You know, sometimes uh, those do happen. I mean, if, if you think about it, if you close a client who's going to pay you you know, X amount of money, yeah, every every month for the yeah. next day, for the next twelve months. The lifetime value, uh, yeah, yeah. Right, that's right. And it's very easy to not think about that how valuable that selling time is. That maybe we are not. That's right. Standing, but when you write the book, that's even that could be even a bigger multiplier because then this book could be selling for years on end. And that's right without any time investment, further time investment from your part. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, my my virtual assistants are helping me, me and them, and we're putting together my whole book, which is is great. So it's just, they're helping me to bolster that 20%. They're Mm -hmm. not taking the 80% off my plate, but they're helping me to bolster that 20%, Mm -hmm. those key items. But I'll tell you, the next thing is who? It's not often people are like, how are we going to get this done? How are we going to, it's more about who are you going to get to do it? So we jump in and what we do is we, I mean, we've already picked the country that we like to work with for lots of good reasons that I already mentioned. Then we're also digging in with personality testing so we can find out the right, make sure those people have the right traits. Like we want a, we want a great communicator. We want somebody who's stable, who's aggressive, who's goal-oriented, who's just a, a good person in, with all those traits. We also, so we do personality testing to make sure we've got those people. We also do IQ testing to determine if we have problem solvers, right? Mm-hmm. Whether the person's a problem solver, because we're interested in people that actually take initiative and solve problems. And then we, we do another test called aptitude testing, which aptitude testing measures a person's ability to follow instructions. And so we're really interested in whether or not that person can follow instructions well, because that is quite painful mm-hmm. to have to spend a bunch of time giving instructions than having them followed incorrectly. That's mm-hmm. not good. So we do that and some special interviews that we've constructed. And it's all about really finding a great person, right? Mm-hmm. Who's actually going to be the right person for the job. So mm-hmm. we, and that's step number. That's the next step. Um, the next step after 
that right person going through that is onboarding your assistant. So when you go into onboarding your assistant, there's a whole process which includes giving them access to your tools. I recommend a tool called LastPass, doing some training with them and even recording that training, having them learn about your business, and then laying out exact processes and procedures Mm -hmm. uh, that they're going to follow. A great little tip on the process and procedure thing, by the way, is have them write up the processes. If it's a brand new process that you haven't designed before, you don't have written up already, actually have meetings, go over it with them, show it to them, record that meeting, and then take that meeting, that recording, and create the process and show it to you. And it's a great way for you to double check if they understood what it was you were, what you were giving them. Mm-hmm. And, and then you can make some corrections before they start digging in. But that's brilliant time. When you think about that 80-20 and that, that value time, by the way, mm-hmm. you've taken the time to write up a process and train somebody. That is actually at least $1,000 an hour time because not, you're just going to get that time back again and again and again from that yes. individual. And, those, and then taking the time to write up those processes as well, as you well know, is time that you get back again and again and again. Great. Yeah, so that's the next step that I, I find to be the next step of your journey of putting your team on, on, onto it. Okay. So number one is identify the 20% that really moves the needle that mm-hmm. you need to bolster. Uh, the 80%, you don't worry about it. You essentially focus on the 20%. You bolster it. You, you then find the great people. You look at their IQ. You look at their aptitudes, their personal testing. Uh, you do the special interviews. And then you identify these rock star employees, and then you onboard them, you give them uh, training, you give them access to stuff, you give them processes, and then you have them, maybe step five is to actually have them create more processes for you, because the way they understand it and document it, it's going to be actually more useful for them from how their brain works, right? Because yep. we all have a little bit uh, looking at things differently, and like to understand according to our logic. And if it's according to their logic, that's great. And I find that this is what they are doing. They are creating their own process. Even if I give them a process, they're going to create their own. Sure. So, okay. So you onboarded these people, you gave them processes. So what's next? Is there a next level? Yeah. So you've given them you've given them work and, and you've got a particular task that you're trying to get done and you've kind of nailed down what those are. Well, you should definitely make sure you get some sort of daily reporting from the individual. Uh, Mm -hmm. Working for you every day, then they're giving you, yeah, like a plan at the beginning of the week. Great. Here's what their week is going to consist of. And you can look over what they've set as priorities. They're giving you a daily plan. Just, yeah, we set up and we use a, a program called Slack, which basically allows me to get short little messages from people on, I get the beginning of the week, I get their plan for the week, I get their daily plan. And then at the end of every day, I get uh, key statistics or KPIs that they've accomplished throughout the, the course of the day. And I, I usually try to get work out some specific KPIs for statistics, key performance indicators, numbers for each person so that they have numbers that they're trying to move every week. And mm-hmm. then I want to see I want to see their sort of their daily progress. And I said so when it gets too big. I then I might have a few people that report to me that give me those kind of reports 
And then those people summarize what's happening below them. Mm-hmm. So that I don't have to, so I can just get a summary and I don't have to see everything from every single person because that's the only way you can grow, right? You yes. can't actually like expect to run every person individually yourself. You're going to take your best virtual assistants and put them in charge of other virtual assistants and have those, those people reporting to their boss and their boss giving you their plan for the week along with a summary of what's going on in their area. So I get these numbers I'm able to look at every morning from just a few of my executives and who are helping me run my organization that are just virtual assistants who have come up the line. And yeah, they're just great. And so I go over the reports, tell them what to fix. I teach them various processes on how to fix different things and what they should be looking for to correct. And yeah, it's great. It's It's a wonderful thing. That's the next step. And yeah. then, yeah. And then what I do from there is um, we're constantly engaging in continuing to develop the individuals that work with us. I actually encourage people to keep training, right? And I use different, we've got tons of classes that we put our VAs front through. We mm-hmm. actually recommend, like we had a, somebody who's, uh, doing go high level they want to move their entire crm into a new crm called go high level mm-hmm. so we've got this great course that the virtual assistant can do uh, so the, the virtual assistant's already super smart person because that's who we hire and um, so we got a course we can put them through and the clients yeah i want to do that so we're putting their virtual assistant through the course and yeah now the person's an expert in go high level <laughs> so essentially you can build a whole company with multiple layers of management of virtual assistants who are going to be working in the Philippines. So you don't even have to go to the office. You can have whatever lifestyle you want. You're staying in, you know, you can even travel. You can be a digital nomad. And then you have a company working for you, a company of people, motivated people who are excited to be part of your vision and working for you and building your company and essentially orchestrating everything around you. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's awesome. Like I'm going to, I'm going to England. My wife's an author. I mentioned it. She's a best-selling author. She sells a lot of books, right? So she needs to do research to learn more things regarding future stories and such. So her set, her books are all set in England. So we're going to England for five weeks and I'm going to work from there. And then we're going to pop out to go see large country homes and castles and go to the bath, which is, and different things in London that we're going to check out. So this week, but because you've got this, because I've got a team, I can actually do that because I'm set up remotely 100%. I can do that as well, which is great. It doesn't work for every type of business, but it does like afford you to minimally build up a business that you could then, you can create. You're not constantly stuck in it. You can start cre- spending time creating the business, working on the business where you can get other people who can do work while you're away, if it's a physical location that you have. So, yeah. Gonna, you know, so yeah, but the only way to do that is to build a team. So, yeah. yeah. And and when you go to England, you're even, it's even easier because now then you're five hours uh, closer to them or even more if you're not in Eastern time. And yeah. this communication gets even, even easier. It's funny, I'll just stay on the same exact schedule with them while I'm over there though, because, and then I'll actually have my mornings free uh, every day. Uh-huh. And, 
it'll it'll work it works out perfect because my mornings are free every day and there's a, and the weekends are free and i just stay on the same schedule for the most part uh-huh. uh, yeah, so it's actually kind of yeah but i guess it depends where you're traveling <laughs> so do you actually have them work in your time zone or yeah, absolutely. You, you let them work in their own time zone and no, they most of them work in our time zone. Occasionally, some of them have tasks which can be done on other times other than our time frame, and so we. It depends. It's different for each individual, but most of them work on our time zone and our schedule, so that they're, um, yeah, basically, so they're available when I'm here. You know, so they're working. Having them, having them on a schedule is a basic too that you always want to have too. You want to give your virtual assistant a schedule so that you can expect when they're clocking in, when they're clocking out. These yeah. are all the same basics that you would put in a business, any business. You, These are the great basics that you should put in no matter what kind of business you're growing. It's the same way with having a great assistant. Right. Okay. So a great framework, the delegation framework to virtual assistants. You can build the whole company below you. And it's much more cost-efficient than if you had to hire people, you know, $15 an hour or much, much higher. And you get really highly educated people uh, in the Philippines and in other countries. I heard from a, one of my podcast guests uh, who outsources a lot of writing to Kenya in Africa that 60% of the of the population is college graduates mm-hmm. in Kenya, which I couldn't believe. And uh, that they're really good uh, English speakers there, especially women can speak very good English in many cases. Yeah, no, Kenya is great. My wife's from actually from South Africa, so we did. We we actually had uh, virtual assistants from South Africa, and we've also got people from uh, Mexico. Uh, yeah, so, uh, we focus on the Philippines, but we do also have a few others from a few other countries. So what's yeah. amazing is that we have three hundred thirty million people here in the U.S., but we have another couple hundred million working for U.S. companies. As well as in India, as outsourced, and plus probably even more. So these people are all powering the U.S. economy. This is quite, it's quite right. mind-boggling. So if someone would like to follow in the pathway that you just outlined and and add some virtual uh, employees to their company, uh, or want to f- learn more about you and what you do, where should they go? They can reach me at Barry at Freetime Solutions. And then I'll send you my email link for that. And then there's also the link that I just shared, which is that 249 Things booklet. Okay. Uh, I highly recommend downloading that. And uh, that's a great place to start. So it's HTTPS, freetime.solutions.download. Or yeah. slash? Backslash download. I just threw it in the chat. Dot slash download. And then you can download the 239 different things that uh, virtual assistants can help you with. Fantastic. Well, Barry, thank you for coming on the show and sharing uh, this treasure trove of information for uh, small and medium-sized businesses that can really be a, a, a jet propellant for our businesses. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. A lot of fun helping people. Thank you.